Hey everyone, I'm Thanos Davelis, and welcome back to The Greek Current, a podcast by the Hellenic American Leadership Council and Kathy Merini, where we highlight the top stories of the day every afternoon with analysis from guest experts, policymakers, journalists, and health staff. Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis held two days of meetings in Saudi Arabia, where the focus was on bilateral relations and energy developments in the region. During his visit, Mitsotakis made the case that Greece can be an entry point into the European power market for energy produced in the Middle East. The visit came weeks after Greece and Egypt signed a deal to build an interconnector that will transmit power from North Africa to Europe, and as Greece and Saudi Arabia are building closer relations. Vasilis Nedos, Kathimerini's diplomatic and defense editor, joins the Greek Current to discuss the recent agreement for an interconnector between Greece and Egypt, Greece's potential role as an entry point for Middle East energy to the European Union, and Prime Minister Mitsotakis's recent two-day visit to Saudi Arabia. Vasily, welcome back on The Greek Current. Thanks for having me. Earlier this month, Greece signed an agreement with Egypt to build an interconnector that will transmit power produced by renewables from North Africa to Europe. Can you give us some background on this deal with Egypt and why it's significant? Well, it's very interesting because when it will become final, it's going to be the first connection between Europe and Africa. It's going to be the first connection of electric power grids of both Africa and Europe. This is a huge diversification for Europe. It will start to have an alternative source of power in a period where, you know, Europe is facing huge challenges in terms of its autonomy vis-a-vis large players, mainly Russia, of course, where it gets most of its resources and definitely natural gas. So that agreement between Greece and Egypt was about the connection of the grids of electricity of those two countries. What is very interesting is that This is seen by a lot of regional, but also international players, as a preamble to something even deeper that will not be um, limited only to electricity itself, but it could probably expand to other sources of energy, such as natural gas. It is a little bit early to have that discussion, but it is interesting that some of the key players are uh, already mentioning it. Another important detail of that agreement is that it comes uh, almost one year and a half after the August 2020 agreement for exclusive economic zone delimitation between Greece and Egypt. And the fact that the two countries are agreeing on moving forward to such a project is that they feel very certain about this agreement and that it's going to be a key movement that will solidify the delimitation between the two countries. I should add here that in the trilateral of leaders that uh, took place some uh, days ago in Athens, where Prime Minister Mitsotakis, President of Egypt, Sisi, and the President of the Cyprus Republic met, Mr. Sisi himself was adamant by saying that, of course, it is the electricity interconnector, but he also mentioned the perspectives of creating a pipeline from Cyprus to the LNG stations in Egypt, and through Greece, it's exporting that gas alongside, of course, with Egyptian gas towards Greece, Balkans, and the rest of Europe. So we see that discussions between the key players in the region are actually much more advanced than we believe they are. Vasily, on Monday, during the Middle East Green Initiative Summit taking place in Saudi Arabia, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said that Greece could be an entry point into the European power market for cheap electricity produced from solar sources in the Middle East. Prime Minister Mitsotakis also recently highlighted how Greece could be the entry point when it comes to natural gas from Egypt. 
Do you see Greece making similar deals like the one that it made with Egypt with other Middle Eastern countries? Uh, well, I think that first of all, the natural gas in Egypt and in Israel, I should say, is ready to be exported. And I think that, as I just mentioned, uh, President Sisi's quote from Athens, I think that we will see developments in the coming months and uh, definitely in the coming years. And these are definitely long-term projects. I think that Prime Minister Mitsotakis' visit to Saudi Arabia was also about energy. Saudi Arabia sees Egypt as a hub that could work as the transit point of clean energy from uh, North Africa and the Arabian Peninsula towards uh, Europe and through the basic gateway, which is Greece. In that regard, we should say that this is about you know, green energy, mainly hydrogen and solar power. In that regard, I should mention something that we learned yesterday from the meeting of Prime Minister Mitsotakis and Special Envoy of the White House for the climate crisis. It was very interesting that Mr. Kerry himself mentioned that Greece could be one of the transit stations of clean energy sources such as green hydrogen from Saudi Arabia to Europe. Also, Saudi Arabia as Egypt, and I would also add in that category, even though it is still very early for anything, and then even Libya, these are countries that have huge, vast swaths of land, of desert, that where uh, solar panels could be deployed. So I think that the bones are set, and what we only cannot see right now is the exact time when all these very interesting plans with both political but also economic consequences uh, will proceed. You wrote in a recent piece that the agreement between Greece and Egypt for an undersea interconnector is bound to test Greece-Turkey and Egypt-Turkey relations in the coming months. Why is this development a cause for concern in Ankara, and how do you see Turkey reacting? Well, you know, we've been witnessing threats from Ankara for a long period of time. The trilateral in Athens between Egypt, Greece, and Cyprus, where Mr. Sisi made these remarks, the agreement for the electricity connection for the interconnector a week before that. And, you know, the very adamant way in which Cairo proceeds with its agenda on energy by working together with Athens. This is something that really annoys Erdogan. And he sees it as a kind of a failure of his own effort for a rapprochement with Turkey. Now, from what I know and what I have reported, it looks like the litmus test in uh, Turkish-Egyptian relations is Libya. For uh, Egypt, the departure of the Turkish armed forces and their mercenaries from Libya is a sine qua non condition for any kind of rapprochement. That's very difficult for Erdogan. Erdogan would have to abandon one of the fields in uh, which he has advertised in his domestic audience as a success, a clear indication that this neo-Ottomanist imperialist agenda of his is working. So it would be a huge blow for Erdogan's credibility to abandon Libya. Of course, we don't know what will happen. These things are dynamic, but it looks like this is the litmus test for Egypt. And for now, at least, Ankara does not seem eager to satisfy that demand from Cairo. Of course, as I said, things are dynamic. We will see how things will evolve in the next few years. But right now, Egypt and Greece are moving forward with an energy agenda, which is, I would say, ambitious to a point, but quite realistic too. Vasily, we recently saw Greece file a formal complaint with Turkey over Ankara's harassment of the nautical geo, a survey vessel conducting research in an area southeast of Crete, 
and that would presumably be in an area where Greece and Egypt would work to set up this interconnector. Do you think we could see another round of tensions at sea between Greece and Turkey as Athens and Cairo begin work on this project? It is something that a lot of people in positions of, of responsibility in Athens are afraid of. Of course, I should highlight that right now we have an agreement. There is no technical agreement on when the project will start. But in terms of political peril, it is very clear that there is a fear that Turkey would try to defend its own point of view on what the situation in the East Mediterranean is, according to, of course, the Turkish-Libyan memorandum, which, well, even though you cannot use a balance to weigh whether the Greek-Egyptian agreement, which is fully legal and uh, abides by all international law, and on the other side, you would put a Turkish-Libyan memorandum, everyone would know that, of course, the Greek-Egyptian agreement is a legal agreement and that the Turkish-Libyan memorandum lacks in a lot of merits. And first and foremost, it is not ratified by the parliament of the country. So, you know, Libya is one thing. I'm quite positive, actually, that when we arrive at the point where the project will be uh, ready to begin, that Turkey will have already probably tried something there to to, uh, stop anything else from proceeding. But Journalists definitely are not profits, so we'll have to wait for this a little bit. Vasily, since we brought up Prime Minister Mitsotakis's visit to Saudi Arabia, I want to look at relations between Athens and Riyadh. Where are Greek-Saudi Arabia relations today? And you know, what are some of the significant steps taken by both countries when we look at the relationship over the last years? Well, the first thing I must address here is the decision of Athens to deploy Patriot missiles in Saudi Arabia, alongside with 120 people of Hellenic Air Force personnel. Today, this is Tuesday, the 26th of October, the heir apparent to the Saudi throne, and actually the strong man in Riyadh, Mohammed bin Salman, thanked Prime Minister Mitsotakis in the meeting, in the bilateral meeting they had for these patriots. I would say that the decision of Greece to send 120 people alongside with a sophisticated air defense system to Saudi Arabia, when the two countries did not have any kind of defense cooperation in the past. This is something that the Saudis, that the royal house of the Saudis, are weighing as a very powerful gesture. And this is why the heir apparent to the Saudi throne actually mentioned it, and actually they wanted it to get out, you know, usually these things stay behind closed doors. Of course, the two countries could also work together in energy, as we already analyzed and mentioned. But also we have tourism, investments, a lot of businesses, a lot of Greek businesses that already work in Saudi Arabia. There is going to be, in the first six months of 2022, the two leaders decided to make a more institutionalized the cooperation between the two countries by creating a high council of cooperation. This is probably going to start working very quickly. I should also highlight here the role that is played by the Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs of Greece, Kostas Fragoyanis. He's responsible for uh, economic diplomacy. His meetings and, uh, of course, under the mandate of the Prime Minister are very important. He seems to carry the message that, you know, Greece is here to do business and not just talk about politics and geopolitics. And I think that as Saudi Arabia is starting slowly to open itself to the world, 
Greece is going to be a very steadfast ally in that effort. Vasily, it's clear that both countries, as you've laid out, have become close recently, sharing a common vision on stability in the Eastern Mediterranean and the Gulf region. How does this latest visit by Prime Minister Mitsotakis to Saudi Arabia fit into Greece's broader strategy for the MENA and Gulf region that includes both Egypt and the United Arab Emirates? Well, we should say that these three countries that you just mentioned have been uh, on the same side on all regional disputes, usually with Turkey on the opposite camp. What's very important is that, of course, Egypt and Saudi Arabia are the two most important Arab countries by far. And the United Arab Emirates is the most, uh, if I may use the word, extrovert, alongside with Qatar, of course. But UAE is on the other side of the fence uh, regarding a lot of regional issues and conflicts and disagreements. I think that, of course, you know, any Greek prime minister, and Mr. Mitsotakis, is doing this too, is uh, working for the national interest, the interests of Greece. But uh, it's not uh, disconnected to a broader view. I should remind you that the Biden administration is trying to uh, restart talks when this will become possible with Iran for uh, its nuclear program. So we're talking about the revival of JCPOA these uh, last few weeks. Saudi Arabia is a key country in that regard. Saudi Arabia is also a country that is working very closely with the Bin Zayeds, the United Arab Emirates, uh, the ruling dynasty, for a lot of regional issues. So I would say that this latest visit of Prime Minister Mitsotakis in Saudi Arabia is a piece of a broader puzzle that combines national interest. I should remind you that Saudi Arabia and Greece have decided to work together on defense as well. And this is very important for Greece. But also, Saudi Arabia is a key country for the local balances in the region. And, you know, there is a number of you know, agreements between Israel and a series of Arab countries in the, in the region. Saudi Arabia plays a pivotal role for the bigger part of the Arab world. And, of course, we also have other regional conflicts that are, you know, very far away from Greece, like the Houthi rebellion in Yemen, the big black hole uh, the other side of the Red Sea in uh, Somalia. So Greece is trying to promote the Western narrative for security in the region. And I think that in this particular period of time, that national interests and the broader interests of the West are somehow combined. And I think that the Greek government knows that very well and proceeds with caution and understanding that this could probably change. So this is why they're quickening up their pace. Vasily, thanks for joining us on The Greek Current again. Great speaking with you as always. Thank you. In other news, President Biden and ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew met at the White House on Monday, where they discussed ways to fight climate change, the coronavirus pandemic, and the importance of religious freedom. The White House said the meeting underscored the critical role that faith communities play in confronting the range of global challenges we all face. Patriarch Bartholomew also met with Secretary of State Antony Blinken, where they discussed the U.S. commitment to supporting religious freedom around the world and opportunities to work with the Orthodox Christian community worldwide on issues of shared concern, as well as with religious minorities in Turkey. Bartholomew also held meetings with key congressional leaders. Finally, Greek Foreign Minister Nikos Dendias and British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss signed a Memorandum of Understanding on the UK-Greece Strategic Bilateral Framework in London on Monday. The memorandum covers a total of 12 areas, including foreign policy, defense cooperation, trade and investment, and the climate crisis. Kathimerini reports that the agreement is seen as a confirmation of the political will for cooperation between Greece and the UK after Brexit. 
The discussions were extremely important. We were also able to see together the problems we face with the Cyprus issue, the problems in the Eastern Mediterranean, the problems of the implementation of the Law of the Sea, Vendia said after the meeting. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.